Welcome to the 278th episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford. Stay tuned for my interview with Kathleen West, author of the debut novel, Minor Dramas and Other Catastrophes. And just one note, this interview was recorded several months ago, pre-pandemic. Stay tuned for my interview with Kathleen West. Consider expanding your reading by adding an author of color to your to-be-read list. One author to consider is Octavia Butler. Octavia Butler was an African-American science fiction author. She was a multiple recipient of both the Hugo and Nebula Awards, and in 1995, she became the first science fiction writer to receive a MacArthur Fellowship, otherwise known as the Genius Award. Some of Butler's novels include Kindred, Bloodchild, Parable of the Sowers, and many others. Take a look at Octavia Butler. Well, welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Kathleen West. Her debut novel, Minor Drama and Other Catastrophes, has just gone on sale. Kathleen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Great to be here. Great. Well, if someone listening hasn't heard about your debut novel, Minor Dramas and Other Catastrophes yet, how would you describe your novel? Well, I wrote this book about the impulse that many parents feel um, to protect and pave the way for their children and what happens when then those impulses can kind of go wrong. I centered the story in a suburban high school and my main characters are an English teacher with a progressive curriculum a helicopter theater mom who kind of loses her sense of boundaries and the social media scandal that ensnares both of them. (laughs) So very topical. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) So do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to writing your novel? I do. I had started a different book first, um, a multi-generational family saga and I worked on that for a year until I realized that I just really wasn't the writer for that book. And a new flash of inspiration came to me. I have been a teacher for 20 years. And for eight years, I worked at the same school where my kids went. And when my oldest son was in sixth grade, he tried out for the middle school musical. And I really, really wanted him to get a part in the play. And part of the reason that I wanted him to get a part was that he wanted to. (laughs) So um, while he was in the audition process, I constantly kind of had to check my parenting impulses, like, I thought, oh, I could ask my colleague, the drama teacher, how he's doing or if he's likely to get cast. But I sort of realized that that would be crossing a line. And then when the cast list was posted, my next door teacher neighbor said, well, are you going to go look at the cast list to see if he got a part? And I was like, well, I think that would definitely be crossing a boundary to like go insert myself into the crowd of middle school kids and process the results of their auditions alongside of them. But we had a lot of fun, my colleague and I, thinking about what parents we knew that might not have those boundaries in place and what would happen as a result of kind of stepping into that play situation, which is the heart of the conflict in minor dramas. Gotcha. And so what was the path to publication for you to get minor dramas published? Yeah, you know, I started out, um, I was, I was like a lot of people, I, you know, I went to college, I majored in English. Um, I knew I wanted to be a teacher, and I started teaching at age 21, right out of school. And then 
I got married and had kids and I was busy and I was in my mid thirties and hadn't written that book that I always sort of wanted to write. So, um, my oldest, my youngest son was in first grade by then. And I was starting to have a little bit more free time. And I decided to really sit down and and put pen to paper. And my first step was taking some classes. We have a great literary school here in the twin cities. I live in Minneapolis, um, called the loft literary center. I took a couple of classes at the loft and met some critique partners that way. And, um, just really practiced writing kind of as a habit, not really with the thought of publication. When I finished uh, what I thought was a a good draft of minor dramas, I did decide to take the next step and look for an agent. And um, that was actually a pretty quick process for me. So I found my agent, we did some revising together, and then um, she sold the book. So as publication journey stories go, mine at four years is actually pretty short and straightforward compared to a lot of my friends' stories where, you know, you hear about people writing five or six books that don't find an agent or don't find a publisher. That hasn't been the way for me with this first book. Great. Well, you mentioned the multi-generational novel that you gave up on. Um, Have you thought about going back to that novel? You know, when I started that writing that book, I I had the idea that I would write literary fiction, um, maybe something serious and sort of heavy. And that was what that book was. And I was really interested in the relationships that I was exploring between the parents and the kids. But um, when I started writing minor dramas, I realized like my genre is this light page turning upmarket. Like that's the writer that I am. And that's where I really find joy. So I don't think I'll go back to that story, but I did take some of the characters from that story out and put them in my second novel in totally a completely different style and in different circumstances. So I was able to mine it a little bit for some of the work I had done before. Gotcha. Yeah. And and so what was your writing process like for minor dramas? Did you write an extensive outline or was the process more organic? And and what was the editing process like with your, with your agent and then your editor? Great questions. I, I had no idea how to write a book. I've always been a reader, but, and an English teacher. So you might think that, knowing how to write a novel would have come naturally to me, but it really didn't. And in order to get it done, I I relied on the teacher for those classes that I mentioned. Mary Carol Moore is the name of the teacher. And she kind of has a system for brainstorming that really worked well for me. She has her students think of some pivotal moments in the book. So I had brainstormed some of those key scenes that happened throughout. And then she has a technique where you really quickly in a notebook, just write down a full list, maybe 30 ideas of scenes that might happen in your novel with any character or in any time um, along the way. And I did that. And I did that again when I was working on my second book more recently. And then from there, I, I just kind of choose a scene that I wanted to work on. So that first draft, I did not write linear, linearly from start to finish. I, I picked from this list of scenes. And then once I had a bare bones first draft done, then I went back from start to finish and tried to make it all make sense together. So that was kind of the first part. Revision is the place that I just love to be. Drafting is much harder for me. So once I get to a place where I can revise, I'm, I'm pretty happy. When I found my agent, she had me do a really comprehensive rewrite. And we changed the genesis of the conflict and we really deepened the characters And I ended up feeling like when I first got the notes from her, which were like 11 pages, single spaced about everything, I felt very overwhelmed. (laughs) But I also, I felt inspired that she thought that I could write a book with more emotional depth 
than I had already. And if I accomplished what she wanted, I thought I would have a product that that was beyond what I thought I could complete. So it was a complete rewrite that we did together. Um, but I felt so proud of the result and she was absolutely right on with all of her feedback. So that was the major rewrite. And then when my editor bought the book at Berkeley, we did some, some deepening of the teenage characters, um, that really put the finishing touches on it. But the major heavy lifting of the rewriting had already been done. Gotcha. So you mentioned your second novel. Do you have a publication date for that? Will you be working with your same publisher? I'm working with my same publisher and I don't have a date yet. I've just turned in a completed draft of it and I'm really happy with how it turned out, but I haven't started working sure. on edits with my editor there yet. Got it. So so given your experience uh, writing and editing and then getting minor drama published, what advice would you have for aspiring writers who may be listening? I think the biggest thing is that if you want to do it, you should just do it, which sounds really simple and kind of dumb, but like, you know, um, just take the time. And, and I have often fallen into the trap in my life, having a full-time job and two kids and, you know, a dog and all the other things. Like sometimes you think if you don't have an hour or you don't have a half a day that you can't make progress on something. But I found that in the things that I really want to do, like writing this book or getting into better physical shape or something, even 15 minutes can make a big difference. So carving out even small pockets of time can help people with busy lives interact, you know, engage more with their creativity. So that's my biggest advice is just use the little times and, and just make yourself do it. Gotcha. Well, I know from your blog that you do read a lot. What books mm -hmm. have you read recently that you would recommend? Okay. So I just finished Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. This is a huge bestseller and Reese Witherspoon picked it for her book club. So it's not like I'm introducing your listeners to a book that they maybe haven't been able to hear about in other places. But I have to say, it really blew me away. In this book, um, the author deals with some really interesting relationships that a lot of people have. So the main character is a young black woman in Philadelphia, and she works as a nanny for an upper middle class white woman. And it's about that really vulnerable and trusting relationship there that they have caring for the woman's children. And the author, Kylie Reed, really deals explicitly with race in class and all the complexities that come along with trying to bridge those differences in our daily lives and in an employer-employee relationship. So that really stuck with me. And then in the last year, I read um, Good Talk by Mira Jacob. It's a it's a memoir and it's a graphic memoir. Um, so Mira has kind of a collage style where she's done some illustrations and she layers those over family photographs and other art pieces. And she tells the story of many difficult conversations that she's had in her life also about race and class. And that book has really stuck with me. Great. Well, where can people find you online if they're interested in learning more about you and your novel, minor dramas and other catastrophes? Well, you can find me on Twitter at KWestBooks or on Instagram at Kathleen West Writes. And I love social media and interacting there, so I'd be happy to meet readers. Great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Kathleen West, author of Minor Drama and Other Catastrophes. You can go grab a copy of the novel or download the ebook. And Kathleen, thanks for doing this interview. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. with your audiobooks purchases. If you're new to audiobooks, 
They're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. Listen to audiobooks during your commute, while doing chores, walking the dog, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro.fm app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from people who know audiobooks best, your local bookseller. Reading and writing podcast special offer, get two audiobooks for the price of one with your first month of membership with code RWPODCAST. That's code RWPODCAST for two audiobooks for the price of one for your first month of membership at Libro.fm. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.